Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the daily check-in. This is Ned Bellavance, Ned1313 on Twitter, and it's June 3rd, 2020. It's a Wednesday, probably my least favorite day of the week. You know, Tuesday has become my favorite, and Wednesday, well, you know, it's a little, little bit of a downslope there. I'm not as excited about Wednesday, but I actually got a pretty good topic today, so I'm I'm excited about the topic, if not excited about the day as a whole. Ooh, gotta turn my Ned in the cloud sign on, too. Love it. Okay, so we're in business. All right. So today's topic is on-prem cloud, on-premises cloud. What's going on with that? What's going on with the private cloud? And I'm not talking about hosted private cloud in Rackspace or something. I'm talking specifically about a cloud that you're going to have in your own data center. That's the topic. Before we get into that housekeeping item, I only have one. I got a new course on Pluralsight. It published last night, early this morning, depending on where you are. It is implementing Terraform on AWS. So if you watch the Getting Started Terraform course and you're like, hey man, this is cool and you talked about AWS, but I wanna go deeper into what you can do with AWS and that provider, that's what this course is all about. I do a lot of cool things. One of them, I we build out a code pipeline deployment scenario using code commit and code build. So it's like a whole automation module that's in there. It's pretty fun. Uh, I'm pretty proud of it. It took a lot of work and took a lot longer than normal because of everything that's going on with the pandemic and having little kids running around the house while I'm trying to record. So that was interesting. Uh, my next thing is updating the deep dive course. So that's going to be on my agenda for June and part of July. We'll, we'll get that done. Okay, with that in mind, let's just check in. How you doing? It's it's a weird time. It's a difficult time. It's an emotional time. I, if you didn't catch my live stream on Monday, I'm struggling with some emotions and you know just concerns about friends and family. And you know we're safe, fortunately, but I know some people that I am close with are not safe, and I worry about them. So. Hopefully you're doing okay. Hopefully you found a safe place to, to be. And, you know, we're going to get through this together. Okay, so with that, I want to get into the topic for today, which is on-premises cloud, on-premises deployments. So this was actually a question, a follow-up question from an existing post that I did that was kind of like the cloud war, like who's going to win the public cloud war? Well, who's going to win the on-prem cloud battle? It's a difficult question, and I think the, the answer is going to be, you know, spoiler, it's going to be no one's going to win it specifically, but there's definitely some trends that are influencing what's going on in the on-prem cloud, and that's what I wanted to talk about. So first, let's talk about cloud on-prem and what I mean when I say that, because cloud and virtualization are not the same thing. Virtualization is a technology, it's a way of doing things, but it's not cloud. You can stand up a Hyper-V server, that doesn't mean you have a private cloud now. You can stand up an ESX server, you don't have a private cloud, that's not what it means. There are some other components, NIST has a good definition that a lot of people like to borrow, I use it a bit myself. <clears throat> it needs to have self-service, by which I mean someone who's not highly technical can go and provision virtual machines and other resources for themselves. And that consumption of resources is metered in some way. So you can do show back or charge back or just track it somehow. 
and you need elasticity from a shared pool of resources. So virtualization gets you some of the way there, but you really need something like a vCenter to add that elasticity and resource pools. But if you have vCenter, that doesn't give you the self-service component or necessarily the metering component. So you need to layer things like VRA, I think it's called VRA still, vRealize Automation, or you know, vCloud Director, or whatever they're calling it now, to add that additional layer that gives you something approaching what's available in the public cloud. And of course, you also need an API, which is referenceable. And I don't think that's in the NIST definition, but I would say that's table stakes for any on-prem or public or private cloud deployment. It needs a, an API that can be programmed against, not a command line interface, not a portal that you have to go to to provision your stuff. You need to be able to interact with it programmatically. So that, that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about private cloud. Now, what do we have out there? Well, I already mentioned one, which is like setting up vCloud director, setting up VRA and, you know, wiring it all together and offering that as a private cloud. And that's totally an option. You can do that. And that is a legit private on-premises cloud. Another option is having an OpenStack implementation that includes all of these goodies. So OpenStack is a collection of other projects. <laughs> you kind of have to pick and choose what you want to include in there. There's some core components that are probably the most prevalent, but there is additional projects that will add that level of self-service and will include metering and stuff like that. So you could use, you could build OpenStack yourself, probably don't do that, but there's a bunch of companies out there that will provision an OpenStack cloud for you on hardware that you select. So you don't have to buy their hardware, but you pay for their software and support and they help you deploy it. So that's another way to get a private cloud. Then there's stuff like Azure Pack was an option for a while. That's kind of been deprecated and replaced with Azure Stack, but Azure Pack was built on top of System Center Virtual Machine Manager and it added that portal and metering features. Now they're kind of going down the path of Azure Stack and I'll talk about that in a minute. You've got Nutanix out there with their Prism software and Prism does have a self-service feature. So you could go down that path, but of course you have to have Nutanix. Well, I guess you don't have to have Nutanix gear because you can install their hypervisor and software on your own commodity hardware. I don't think they prefer that, but that is an option. Uh, Red Hat's out there with their distribution of OpenStack and OpenShift, which is a managed option. I, I mentioned that outside of other OpenStack implementations in part because it's probably the most popular, but also because it includes the Kubernetes components and a, I think a more well thought out management component. So that's, those are the options that you have out there today. And I'm sure there are some others that I didn't get to, but that's kind of what you have. Where are things headed? I think if there's two things that I would point at, one, things are going to more managed and less bespoke. So if you think about your traditional data center, you bought a networking solution from Cisco, you bought your compute solution from Dell, you bought your storage from EMC, and I know they're the same now, but they used to not be. And you might actually buy your Linux servers from one company and your Windows servers from another, and then you had the virtualization hardware that you put on top of it. And it became this very bespoke custom configuration for your data center. And that was the only option at the time. But the real question is, did it 
add to the core value of your organization? Did you increase your revenue by building out this bespoke environment, or did you actually create more work for yourself? And I think people are coming to the realization now that they have the commodity of public cloud, I want a similar experience on premises where I don't have this bespoke environment, I have a very standardized environment. So that means you might get locked into a vendor. You might go to vendor Cisco or, or vendor Nutanix or, or whoever and say, give me the private cloud. But the important thing is the core components of that private cloud, as it becomes more commodity, it doesn't matter that you're locked into a vendor because you bought their hardware, because moving your workloads to a different private cloud as long as it has the same core constructs, won't be super painful. And it's a managed solution that's scalable and probably managed through a SaaS offering. So you're logging into a portal to do your management of your private cloud. And they've, they're providing either hands-on, you know, four-hour support or something like that. And they are providing the additional capacity as you grow. I know Dell has something around this as well with their sort of Evo, it's not Evo rail, it's VX rail or whatever it is now. They have an offering that's basically, we'll roll out the hardware for you, we'll stand everything up. And as you need more capacity, you just, you know, we're watching it, we will just ship you more hardware and install it as you need that additional amount of capacity. Their assumption is that your cloud's going to grow, not shrink, right? So that's, I think that's kind of one direction that things are headed. Things are going to become more managed. They're less bespoke, less custom. You're going to get locked into vendors, but you're probably not going to care because it's so commodity that moving off that vendor is not a huge deal. Your on-prem environment is not going anywhere. I think I talked about that in the public cloud video. Your on-prem environment is going to stick around. It's probably going to shrink a bit but it's going to stick around because it still makes financial sense and it's still important to your company and the way you function, especially if you're coming from a more traditional organization and not a born in the cloud startup kind of environment. People want the cloud model. They want it available on-prem. They want it to be consumption-based. They want it to be remotely managed. They want to be able to do self-service and, you know, some of the organizations want that capability to do chargeback and be elastic about their capacity. With all that in mind, that's only going to work if you have a managed heterogeneous solution in your data center and not the hodgepodge of what you have today. So I think there's going to be a big movement in that direction. And you're seeing a push from the cloud providers to try to get in the data center and provide that for you. So you've got Azure Stack from Microsoft. You've got AWS Outposts. You've got Red Hat OpenShift with their OpenShift Manager product that can manage multiple OpenShift and OpenStack environments. That all ties together to create a private on-prem cloud that gives the public cloud experience while it's sitting in your data center. And especially with things like Outposts and Azure Stack, you've got that consumption-based model for at least the software, and in some cases, the hardware, depending on the vendor. That's huge. And I think that's, for newer projects, that's where I would invest my time and money is going with a managed solution for my additional data center equipment instead of creating this custom configurations that aren't adding value to the organization and are increasing my administrative overhead and operational complexity. 
So I think that's where things are going. I was going to talk about Edge, but I'm kind of running over time. And tomorrow's Thursday is on the Edge. So I will save the Edge component of that of this discussion for that uh, for tomorrow. So that's all the time I have today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing and getting the word out there. And I hope that you are staying healthy and staying safe. Thanks, everybody.